Hello there. Welcome to the Sarlacc Pod. I'm your host, Brandon Callos, and this is a Star Wars podcast. So here it is, season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, this is the breakdown of episode one. There is full spoilers in this episode. Um, all of these review episodes will be full spoilers. Uh, I don't think I need to say that before every episode because I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you are a big enough Star Wars fan to watch it day of. Um, but this is your spoiler warning for this season and I guess the rest of the episodes from here to come. So how we're going to do these episodes is we are going to talk about who directed the episodes. We're going to talk about other things regarding like making of the episode. Maybe if there's a different um, writer for the episode or a different uh, music other than Ludwig uh, Gorenson. We'll just kind of talk about those little details. Then we're going to break down new characters that we get to meet, who they're played by, um, and uh, kind of talk about Maybe if we're going to see them more in the season or they're just kind of one-off characters. Then we're going to go scene by scene and break down as much of the episode as we can. Uh, then we're going to finish it up with fun Easter eggs that I caught in the couple times I've watched. I've watched this episode uh, in particular two times. I want to try to watch all the episodes three times before um, I give you guys the review just so I can make sure I caught everything. But I've watched it twice. I feel like I've got... Enough, enough information, and uh, we're going to go over Easter eggs that I have caught because that is incredibly fun for me to look for those things. With being such a big Star Wars fan and seeing those is 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 really fun. Puts a smile on my face. Then, of course, I'll I'll give you my review of the episode, what I liked, what I didn't like. We're going to um, maybe if there's something in the episode that I want to talk more about uh, trivia about something that. Maybe uh, I found interesting and I do some research. In this particular episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the crate Dragon, which I thought was so cool to see on camera. And then we're just going to end the episode. So uh, probably about a half hour, maybe maybe less, uh, 20 minutes to a half hour, depending on how long the episode and how detailed this is. This is the first episode. It was kind of a lot to unpack. Uh, it was a little bit of a longer episode and a lot went on and there was quite a bit uh, Easter eggs that I found. So let's just uh, get right into it. So this episode was directed by John Favreau. He ep- he recorded um, episode one of season one. Uh, I, I think he just does a good job. There's a couple things that I'm going to talk later in the episode that I liked uh, about it. So new characters that we have seen uh, that, that we saw for this episode was uh, Gore Koresh, uh, the guy who Mando talked to in the opening scene. Obviously, we're not going to see him later. Uh, Mando doesn't directly kill him, but basically lets the wolves or whatever they were eat him. Uh, we also got to see Paley. Uh, again, I love her character. She's played by uh, Amy Sedaris. This is a character that is one of my favorite non-led characters. Uh, I think that Amy does such a great job. I love the chipperness she brings to the show um, and I just think she's a really good ally for Mando to have. Um, she's really cute with with our baby Yoda uh, and uh, I definitely think we're going to keep seeing her. How often? I'm not sure but she's one of my favorites. Oh and uh, Gore was played by John Leguizamo. And when I saw he was going to be in the episode, I looked for him the entire episode and I couldn't find him. It wasn't until I did 
you know, my, my research for this episode, I was like, oh, I'm, yeah, that, <laughs> you're not going to recognize him if, if you're just, you know, because he's in full-on alien makeup. And uh, I didn't even really recognize his voice, but that, that's him. Now, uh, the last guy I'm going to talk about was Cobb Vanth, played by one of my favorite all-time actors, is uh, Timothy Oliphant. He was in one of my favorite shows, Justified. Another one of my favorite shows, unfortunately, Netflix took it off, but Santa Clarita Diet. I think this guy is awesome. His acting is incredible. He comes off just so genuine and fun to watch on the screen. He's played a character called Cobb Vanth, who is actually known from a novel called Aftermath. I have read reviews on it. I have not actually read the book. That is probably a book that I should read. We, I know that he... I, I, I've heard his name just from, you know, reading, doing research and stuff. He is a character that I really love. When you first see him in the bar scene, you're not sure. You're thinking that Mando's probably going to end up killing this guy. Uh, but they end up becoming friends. I don't know if we're going to see him in this episode. Maybe at the end, if there's some sort of uh, big fight like we saw at the end of Season 1, he'll come back and help him. But I think this is probably the f- only time that we're going to see him, at least for a while. So this episode starts by Mando landing on a planet, which I could not catch, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I think if I did some more research, I probably would have found it. But he goes to Gore, and uh, Gore is watching uh, some Gamorans fight with Vibroaxes. Which was fun to see because we saw those in in Return of the Jedi, and uh, he's basically looking for. I guess I think Gore is a um, like a Mandalorian armor. He supplies armor and uh, weaponry. I would imagine for them, but he goes and seeks more of his kind. He's trying to find um, Baby Yoda's family or, or kin or whatever, and uh, he thinks that some Mandalorians can help him do that. And after the Mandalorian Guild kind of got ruined uh he's just trying to seek out more people maybe more allies more people to help him and uh that doesn't go over so well he ends up uh gore ends up killing one of the gomorans that uh was i guess he had money on or had money on the other guy and uh we got to see he 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 surrounds mando he's a big crime boss he's got a bunch of uh people that can help him do his dirty work, but uh, we get to see Whistling Birds for the third time in this series, which is my favorite weapon that Mando has. I think uh, it's just fascinating the way they work, but we got to see his Whistling Birds. Takes those guys out, no problem. Again, we see how awesome a fighter he is. And then, of course, he gets Gore alone. He ties him up to a lamppost, shoots out the uh, the light, and leaves him to be wolf bait or whatever those things were. Then... Uh, he gets in Razor Crest and goes to Tatooine. There he lands in the hangar with Peli. And uh, sounds like she's pretty happy to see him. She's really happy to see baby Yoda. But what I liked in this scene was the uh, droids were going to go work on the ship. And then, of course, she's like, no, he doesn't like you. And he's like, no, nah, I've, I've kind of changed my mind. IG-11, you know, sacrifice himself. And, you know, I'm good with droids now. So before he kills Gore, he tells him that there is another Mandalorian or someone who wears Mandalorian armor on Tatooine. So that's why he's going back there. And uh, in the midst of talking to Peli, she says that there's only one person that she knows about, and he is on the city of Mos Pelgo, which is not on the map. Uh, the mining crew or uh, mining group basically took over the town and wiped it out, and Peli has no idea if it even exists anymore. Um, but we go there, he goes to the bar, and uh, he that's where we see Cobb Vanth wearing Boba Fett's armor, which 
put a huge smile on my face. It even had, you know, the the dent in the helmet like he had. And uh, Mandalor and our, our Mando was not sure what to think about him. And then he took his helmet off, and uh, Mando's ready to basically kill him for basically uh, putting a bringing a bad name to the Creed. And uh, we know that Mando can't take his helmet off, and no live being has seen his face without his helmet we uh he talked to ig11 in in the end of season one and uh ig11s was like well i'm i'm not a living being i'm a droid so you can take your helmet off in front of me and then we have the scene that reminded me of the old uh, kevin bacon movie tremors where they're in the middle of a desert and uh, a tremor just comes right through and it is the crate dragon and it eats one of the banthas uh in one of the most awesome i guess i guess thinking about it, you can go back to episode one of season one when you had the uh, ice monster i can't remember the name of it but um basically try to eat razor crust it was, it was kind of the same sort of feel and uh kind of broke the tension and uh cob was like yeah i want to kill this thing so if you help me kill this thing i'll give you the armor back so in the midst of going to try to kill this thing they run into tuscan raiders and obviously mando can communicate with them and i really liked that uh the whole scene and then we're sitting around the fire and cobb you know cobb's had some trouble with the tuscan raiders so they kind of get into a little bit of a brawl because he wouldn't drink his water uh, he wouldn't drink the tuscan raider water so they get in a little bit of fight and mando you know suppresses that and say we're here for the same thing and what happens is they work out a deal the tuscan raiders basically tells the town of most pelgo that they will stop raiding them and fighting them if they help kill the crate dragon um and they will kind of have like a peace treaty as long as nobody from Mos Pelgo breaks that also going back a bit we talk about how uh Cobb obtained the armor so uh, after the second fall of the empire when they blew up the second death star um, they were in the bar celebrating and the uh, Tatooine mining collective came in and basically took Mos Pelgo as slaves uh, and uh, Cobb got away, and he stole a bunch of uh, Silicax crystals and uh, was walking the desert for a few days and was picked up by some Jawas, and they uh, traded him the Silicax crystals for Boba Fett's armor. He went back to Mos Pelgo and basically wiped out the mining collective, and he was became the sheriff of the town and, and basically saved everybody from slavery. So uh, the first time we go and see the... Uh, crate dragon's lair they talk about uh it was basically being used as a uh a sarlacc pit hole and uh Cobb's like yeah i've never even seen a sarlacc pit not be occupied and uh basically said that well if uh if a uh, crate dragon comes in there and and eats it then <laughs> no more uh sarlacc pit so they try to bait it with another bantha i thought it was cool that he had a, i don't know if you guys caught this but they were talking about how um the tuscan raiders basically keep it asleep by just feeding it right at the cave um and they've just been studying it for generations which i think is kind of a cool concept that i mean if you if you fear an animal and if you fear something like that and it's you know you're you're going to study as much as you can and they they basically learned how to control it by not letting it escape you know obviously escape because it got to Mos Pelgo and 
race in hell there. But uh, it, I, I thought it was cool that the Tuscan Raiders were like, yeah, we need to <laughs> we need to study this thing. Anyway, they bait it with a bantha and uh, comes out and eats one of the Tuscan Raiders. So I don't know if it means it's getting smart and kind of just uh, was like a leave me alone kind of thing. But uh, I think that had something to do with. And I think that was pretty significant that it that it went for the Tuscan Raider instead of the Bantha. So anyway, they go back to the town and and get their help. And uh, the the scene really kind of reminded me of the scene in the last Hobbit movie. Was it the middle one or the last? I think it was the last Hobbit movie where they're just shooting the giant long pole arrows at the at uh, Smaug, and uh, it just you know the everybody's working together. And the fat, the, the part where uh, it spits the venom at a bunch of them just <laughs> was brutal and awesome. And that whole scene was phenomenal. And of course, you know, we had Mando be the, the hero and basically get eaten and blow it up from the inside as he's flying out on his jetpack. And they, they blow it up finally and uh, they basically... I mean, I would imagine that they eat it because that's what we're doing. They are harvesting all of the meat. In the meantime, they find a a pearl. I guess they could use it for trade or whatever. But that was basically episode one, or was it? So Cobb gives back the armor and tells him, "Hey, uh, make sure you tell your people that I wasn't the one who ruined that because the armor looked brutal. Let's be honest, it looked brutal on Boba Fett." When uh, in Return of the Jedi and Empire, but as our hero Din Djarin Mando is riding away into the sunset or sunsets, uh, we see who appears to be Boba Fett. I can't really think of who else it would be. It's obviously a clone. Well, I guess, I guess Boba wasn't really a clone. He, I mean, he was a clone of Jango, uh, but I mean, you can think of it as maybe. One of the significant clones from Clone Wars, or maybe even Rex, because he, you know, came back in Rebels. But I, I just everything that I've understood it, it, and and things that if you believe spoilers, then it's a hundred percent Boba Fett. So I just want to know a how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, and what has he been doing for all of this time? Some questions that I hope get answered in this season uh, upcoming. So obviously my thoughts on this episode was this is a good first episode. It kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Uh this with the exception of Prisoner from season 1, this show has done a very good job of keeping me at the edge of my seat and wanting more and wanting to what's next, what's around the corner. Uh, not so much, like I said, in Prisoner wasn't my favorite episode, but uh, this just, you know, add to the list of, of things I loved and the reason I love Star Wars and the reason I love John Favreau and the reason I have put all of my faith into, you know, people get, people put a bad rap on Disney and say they've done a bad job with Star Wars, but I mean, since they've taken over, I haven't really not liked anything that they've done, maybe with the exception of last jedi but even last jedi has a bunch of redeeming qualities in it and uh, i've just uh, this has been such a fun show to watch and i cannot wait to see more i did miss Kara. i wish uh we got to see her episode one but she's i mean we're, we'll see her for the rest of the time i'm sure she's just hanging out in her new uh home planet 
of Sorgan. I, I mean, I, I'm sure she calls that home now. I loved how many Easter eggs were in this episode. We'll, we'll talk about those in a minute. But uh, I, I think that has a lot to do with John Favreau. I think he likes to make it fun for the viewer. Episode one of season one had a, a ton of them as well. Not, I think, I think season one had more than any other episode. But I, I really feel like that's John Favreau and his nerdiness of a love of Star Wars is really just coming through on the screen. But you could definitely tell that this was a Favreau directed movie or, or show. Because it had a very uh, westerny vibe that episode one had in season one that he also directed. You had um, the the bar scene fight, and then at the end you had the shootout with Mando and IG Eleven before they went and got Baby Yoda. And this one was no different. You had the you had the fight scene early on, uh, it, the basically the UFC fight or the, the 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 killing match, whatever the Gamorans were doing. And then also you had the Cobb Vanth, who was the town sheriff or marshal, and you had the outlaw Mando coming in and disrupting the town, and and you had that old, you know, just kind of westerny movie vibe to it. And I really think that you can see that John Favreau coming through. Another thing that I like is he doesn't take his directing too seriously. You have those moments where you either are smiling or and that's one thing I think John's very good at. If you watch all of the Iron Man's, Iron Man is a fun movie. It's it's you know, he's got action, it's got drama, and then you're laughing through the movie. And I feel like I was laughing quite a few times during this episode. I love the evolution that we saw of Din during this episode or uh, his progression through uh, his character development because I think before he would have just killed Gore, Koresh, um, but he said, you know, you're not going to die by my hands. And he just tied him up. And obviously, in a sense, he kind of did kill him, but he didn't kill him firsthand. The other thing I liked was at the season finale of episode uh, of season one, and IG-11 sacrificed himself to save the group. That really changed Mando's mind on droids in general, because in... Before in season one, he wouldn't let the pit droids work on the Razor Crest, but you know he gets there, and and now he does want him to work on it. So I like to see that character character development. I do want to see more Din Djarin's backstory. We saw a lot of it in season one, but I want to now that now that we've seen him get taken by the Creed, I want to see him working and training and fighting and learning how to basically be this stone cold killer. Uh, I want to see more flashbacks of that. So, Easter eggs. There was quite a bit of them in here. Uh, in the opening scene, we get to see some Gamorans who we have seen on uh, Jabba's cell barge in Return of the Jedi. Also, if you remember, they have vibro swords, and that's what they were using to basically kill each other with. Also, during that scene, we got to see a uh, Dothmirian, a, a, a person from Dothmir, who was also a... Uh, Darth Maul was also a Dothmir native. When we get to Tatooine, and I had to go back and watch this again, but when he lands at Peli's uh, station, basically, we see R5. And I can confirm that if you go back and look at R5's helmet, you do get to see where his motivator exploded. There are still burn marks on the top of his 
head. So it is 100% the R5 unit that blew the motivator when Luke bought him. Back, clear back in A New Hope, Episode 4. So that was awesome. And that got my nerd Star Wars brain just so happy and excited to see that. We get to see Boba Fett's armor, which I've already talked about. The thing I liked, and I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but it did not fit Cobb perfectly. It was a little bit small on him. And I think that is cool that they did that. Even if it was a complete accident, that's fine. But I love that they made it that it did not fit Cobb, which meant you know Cobb is bigger and taller than Boba was. And I, I really liked that detail. Again, I don't know if it was per, on purpose with, with Disney and with you know all of the thinking that goes in the show. I'm sure it was on purpose. But I love that it didn't fit him perfectly because why would it? He bought it off some Jawas and why would it fit perfectly? It wasn't made for him. So I really like that detail. The other thing that I liked, another uh, Easter egg that I picked out, was Cobb's speeder that he had. It was the engine from one of Anakin's pod racer, uh, from from Anakin's pod racer, one of the engines from Anakin's pod racer that he just converted and made into a speeder bike. Seeing that again put a huge smile on my face. And every Easter egg that I see or that I catch, that's that's all it does because I I, I I'm such a big fan of Star Wars, obviously. But I love seeing those tiny little details. They just make me so happy. You know, I could throw pit droids and and tuscan raiders and banthas into this episode but uh for easter eggs but i i and and jawas obviously but i those don't count those are a little bit too uh in your face i i I like easter eggs that are kind of a thinking man's game so we're gonna finish this up with a little bit of trivia and uh for this particular episode i wanted to talk a little bit more about the crate dragon so uh they are huge obviously they we figure out that they eat sarlacc in this episode um but from what i could gather online uh they are harvested for their pearls which we saw a sand person find one and they got really excited for that and also we got to see the uh acid spitting scene which was really cool also something that I caught, and I could have put it in the Easter egg section, but I'm putting it in the trivia section, uh, is in A New Hope when 3PO is walking in the desert all alone and you see that giant skeleton. That is a crate dragon. So there you go. So uh, questions about the episode and things that I hope we get to learn more about is obviously Boba Fett. Where has he been all these years? What has he been doing? How did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? How is he going to work in the episodes is he going to want to kill mando is he going to try to get his armor back does he know that Cobb had his armor did he does he know that Cobb gave mando back the armor questions that i'm sure will be answered and i'd love to see uh see how it plays out and there were also two questions that i had left and they might be kind of roll your eye questions when you hear it but is there some sort of armory in the galaxy that we just have never seen? Because this is the third time I've, that we've seen him use his whistling birds. Is there a place where he gets new bullets for those? 
And also, we saw Cobb use his backpack missile on the mining collective people. Uh, and then, when he's with Mando, he has another missile in his backpack. So, where does he buy these? I've never seen anybody from Star Wars go to like their local gun range or gun store and just stock up on their ammo. So, uh, that's a question, obviously, we're never going to get answered, but one that I've always had when I watch Star Wars. So that is going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys tune in for the next one. If you want more, I started a Twitter account for this podcast. It is just at SarlaccPod. It is exclusively Star Wars um, retweeting, likes, and just original tweets from myself. 100% Star Wars. If you want something else, you can follow my personal account at Kalos the Brave. Um, that's got, you know, that's my main account. So I've just got sports and nerdy stuff, video games and all that other stuff. Also, if you're interested and you uh, are like me and spend your life online, I do have a YouTube channel that is an outdoor archery type, finding motivation type uh, channel that you could watch. Also, I'm making a, another YouTube channel that I have two episodes that I have edited but I've yet to upload them. This is go- this channel is going to be all of my other hobbies that aren't outdoorsy and hunting. A lot of DIY stuff. I'm currently building a PC and gathering parts for it. And uh, I'm moving my upstairs battle station uh, man cave downstairs because I'm having a second kid and she will be taking my current room current gaming setup so that's going to be moving downstairs i'm going to film all the diy stuff all of my setting up and 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 building my massive collection of star wars legos and just setting up my gaming room and and getting the room set up for streaming podcasting because right now i'm just i'm just recording this in my uh, living room and i know it's not the best audio but when i move downstairs we put really nice soundproofing in the walls and in the ceilings, and uh, it should have a really good sound for podcasting. And once again, I have failed to make a very short ending and just say goodbye, get out of here. But with that being said, I do appreciate you guys listening to this. I appreciate all of the listeners that I get in the future, and I really do hope you have a good day, a good week, and I will see you next Friday when episode two of The Mandalorian comes. Have a good one, guys. Bye.